Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Mike Conley playing, comes off a pick from Gobert for an off-the-bounce three and hits it. Conley drives, gives to Gobert for a slam dunk. Donovan off a Gobert pick into an open off-the-bounce three and hits. Donovan, another off-the-bounce three over Embiid and the same result. And Donovan's bobbleheading as he goes back the other way, having buried back-to-back threes and giving the Jazz a four-point advantage. Double stagger for Donovan. Comes off a Gobert pick for an off-the-bounce three and banks it in. The Utah Jazz do it again. Another big, comfortable win on the road, this time by 22 points, 118-96. Had a nice lead at halftime, pulled away in the third quarter, and blew it open in the fourth. Textbook, PK. Textbook? Textbook. Yeah, I used to like to buy them used, you know, save some money, and then hopefully they were underlined too. Oh, always a key. Some good notes in the margins. You always know where the good stuff's at. Yeah, so, you know, try to do as little as possible. My kids aren't listening, although they've mastered that anyway. Uh, Get out of that. Because, let's face it, if you got out of Arizona State with a diploma, that spoke for itself. Hmm. The Walter Cronkite School. Yeah. But I like that. Bobbleheading. He's bobbleheading. I'm bobbleheading right now. Yeah, we had a uh, general manager of the station used to call that something else. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> Neck expletiving. <laughs> He's not happy with the sales team. <laughs> I don't think he can say that. Yeah, well, you weren't in the meeting, DJ. He just did. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> Eight guys in double figures. Donovan led the way with 22. They're shooting the three. Not outrageously well, but Playing better. Playing the D. Oh, rhyming. Look at you go. <laughs> you are a rapper. 38% from three. They dominated the backboards. Offensive rebounding had been a problem. They'd been giving up too many points. They had 16. They only gave up six to Philly. They they won this game on, on multiple fronts. Well, mostly the scoreboard. That's the best one. <laughs> And Mike Smith did get in the uh, Israel Koyami Kamakamakamayalale. <laughs> you never sent it to me. Don't look at me. I forgot. No, that was why I hit myself in the forehead. Okay. Oh, I knew it was me. <laughs> Dang it. He texted me last night and said, hey, did you I get it? I texted him last night and it, I was so. doing something else and then I forgot. Yeah, I have it. Did you have it? I have it. Yeah. I record the games. In case, I, in I, case I miss something happens, I need to go back and watch. Oh, yeah. There's a reason why every year you win City Award winner because of that. You record it, you go back, you study it, you make notations, not notes, notations in the margins above and below the paragraphs, and you just dive into it every single game, preseason included. If people, you want to know why he's a Hall of Famer, that's it right there. Really, it isn't. I do it for moments just like this, and I screwed it up because then I didn't go back and get the audio. You can read lips, and you have a big screen. More, look at me. I record the games. I'm special. I'm who I am. You barely watch. Next. Listen, man, if you have a confession (laughs) to make and you have a guilty conscience, Bless me, Father. It has been one day since my last missed jazz game. 
Got a little jersey in there. That was good. That's Catholicism right there. We go to fathers. You folk go to bishops. It's the same thing. But they're not really fathers. If they are fathers, then they've got an issue. But that's another story. But we'll leave that story for another time and just tell you the Jazz are off tonight and they play the Wizards in Washington, D.C. You're probably watching games from last year then, or I bet you you're recording the Wizards so you know full well what Kyle Kuzma's about and KCP since they made the transition from the Lakers over to the Wizards, who of course used to be the Bullets up in Maryland, as you know. But... Kevin Reardon and Phil Chenier are not walking through that door. I actually usually delete the games after two or three days. So, Pre-game coverage on the zone, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Game tips off at 5 o'clock. We will talk jazz with David Locke. He will join us at 9.05. Joe Ingles scheduled to join us at 9.30 this morning. Right here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. LeBron finds AD. Cross-court vision. Great cross-court vision. And AD's got a three. Tilly left block. Shoulder to the basket. Kicks it out left wing Bain. Open three on the way. Ring it up. Put three on the board. It's a ten-point Grizzly lead as they open the fourth with a big Desmond Bain triple. In and out. No good. Rebound kept alive by Jones. He tips it back out to Murray. Straight away three. Yes, sir. Here's White driving into the paint. White a layup is good over Jokic. 21 points for Derek White. Derek White, 23 points. Spurs beat the Nuggets, 123-111. You know, we used to follow the whole Western Conference. Do you find less urgency in following the West Conference as closely? Because Spurs and Nuggets are not catching the Jazz in the standings. No, I have to follow them. i got to make up the difference between me and you. You really don't. Grizzlies <laughs> rolled past the Lakers, 108-95. you got to follow the Lakers just for fun because they're struggling. That was a horrendous loss. <laughs> Memphis is back-to-back without Ja Moran. He's got the Rona Blues. And they lose that game. And you got all your guys, so it's not like uh, you can wait for this player or that player. I mean, some some guy that I don't know of, maybe. But they're three big old superstars, all played. And you still got beat by Memphis without their best player. And Memphis was playing the night before. And you're 13-13 and 13 now. Frankie V, you'll be home for Christmas. Anthony Davis. The Lakers have, quote, Got to play like we're the underdogs, which now at this point of the season, the way we're playing a lot of games, we probably are. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think that's a factual statement. That's looking at the scenery in front of you and speaking truth. 13-13, sixth in the West. Sixth? I thought they were lower than that. No? Nope. I'm looking at it right now. Well, I figured you probably have it memorized. I mean, when are you not, not looking at it? I do not have sit there with the standings right there with honey when you go out to eat. Nope. You don't go out to eat? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> Bulls forward Derek Jones Jr. entered the NBA's health and safety protocols on Thursday. He is the fifth Bulls player sidelined during what has become a team-wide COVID-19 outbreak. The Bulls are second in the East, only a half game behind the Nets right now. They got the Rona Blues. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. With 3.4 to go. Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win. Got it! Let's go! Rod Harper Jr. Let's go! The game winner at the buzzer. Let's go! And Rutgers upsets number one Purdue 70 to 68. Let's go! 
Yeah, let's go. Let's get you right off the broadcast. Not one. Not two. You didn't know not the three. Let go was going, huh? Four, I five, and TV six. Call. I heard the radio call was great, but I didn't see it. We can't see it. Well, I mean, I didn't it. hear it. On, on Twitter, once I saw it, I didn't keep clicking on links to hear that yet. I heard it driving in this morning, him screaming, let's go. 7068, Rutgers. On a desperation running. He got across half court, but it's still a long shot. Ron Harper Jr. Yeah. Ron Harper Jr., the three for the win. We, Number one Purdue goes down 70 to 68. College of basketball, I just it's not so high on the radar. You know, I didn't even realize Purdue was number one, to tell you the truth. Uh, and we are a day late. Should have had Chris Hill in today. <laughs> so the Rutgers could have been hugging us. He's a Rutgers guy all the way. Yeah, absolutely. 100 percent And he was talking about you know, now that he's done, that uh, you know, you go back to your where you were from, and that's Rutgers. I think he played there, and uh, yeah, that's the first time they've ever done that. And Purdue, that was the first game ever played as ranked number one. <laughs> and that won't last very long. I guess they get to play a game on the weekend as number one, and then there'll be a new poll, and they probably won't be number cool one. shot. Rutgers, yeah, where'd he go? I was more of a Seton Hall guy. My father liked Seton Hall growing up because it was in South Orange, and just, just right next door. They got a big win over Texas, didn't they? Yeah, and they've been okay over the years. They've been better than, than Rutgers, although Rutgers has had its moments. 24th-ranked BYU plays Creighton, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, neutral site matchup. That game's 10 a.m. tomorrow on Fox Sports 1. That's some early college basketball right there. Yeah, it's South Dakota Central, so that'd be 11 o'clock their time? 11 o'clock Central, yeah. correct, yeah. Utes play at 3 o'clock tomorrow. They're welcoming Manhattan to the Huntsman Center. Back into non-con play after splitting a couple of Pac-12 games. That game's on the Pac-12 networks. And then I had a civil war last night. What happened? Grand Canyon and Arizona State. I've got degrees from both institutions. <laughs> so you're guaranteed I to win. I split right down the middle, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had my Lopes gear on my left. I had my Devil gear on my right. Nice. Got one of those uh, jerseys that parents get made just for such an occasion. Covered my face and, you know, left side Lopes, right side Devils. Nice. Yeah. I had purple on the left and the, mar- the maroon and gold on the right because I, I have degrees from both of those fine institutions. ASU wins 67-62 and improves to 4-6 and six on the year, which is why you're a bigger baseball fan than basketball fan when it comes to ASU. Oh, yeah, I've never been much. Yeah. A, they've never given me reason. And then B, I've just grown up in the Northeast. It was all pro. Pro's a big, big deal there. And then and then when I moved to Phoenix, they had pro. That's the one sport they had, you know, the Suns, obviously. Yep. Whack Power Grand Canyon falls to 8-2. and two. Yeah, well, they're a decent program. Uh, Drew, Bryce Drew, is uh, their coach now. They got rid of Marley a couple years ago. You I t- wonder, before we leave there, yeah. I wonder if they're going to – I'd heard rumors that they wanted to replace BYU in the West Coast. Heard them and Seattle, and heard that Grand Canyon, a little better position than uh, Seattle in the mindset. If I was in the West Coast, I'd take them in a heartbeat. Yeah. Latest intel says that they're actually opting to stay in the whack for the time. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's necessarily the right move for Grand Canyon's perspective, but I'm saying for the West Coast perspective, oh, absolutely take I would yeah. want them. I don't know if it's the right thing for Grand Canyon. I haven't researched it to see all what's in their advantage. I'm just speaking from West Coast advantage since that's the conference BYU's been in for a decade and we followed them in basketball for sure. Gets them uh, back to 10 teams after BYU leaves. Yeah, and I think that would be a, a, a great addition for from the West Coast perspective. I don't know if it's the right thing for 
for my antelopes. Well, your antelopes would become very hard to win a an, an automatic bid. Not that they've got one in in the whack, but they've been close. They've been in conference finals and all that. But you go into a lead with Gonzaga, and yeah, but you don't need to win the automatic bid to get there. You don't. And actually, I think that would help them though. Play we get to play Gonzaga twice. I mean, they have a nice student uh, crowd anyway at their at their building. Patino went in there with uh, Louisville a couple years back uh, before he got run and. He said it was one of the best, if not the best, environment he'd been in. So they, they do. It's a smaller gym, uh, but they 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 put people in it and yeah. it gets loud. Yeah, it does. You don't need to have a huge sports arena. Yeah, I think it's like eight, nine thousand somewhere in there, like Duke's Duke's Arena. Same as same Cameron thing. Indoor. Yeah. yeah. Scotty G's back at it on the Utah State broadcast. They are hosting New Orleans at the Spectrum at seven o'clock. You can listen on the Zone, and that is tomorrow. All these games tomorrow. Weaver State, after getting blown out of Washington State, will be back home hosting Maine, Fort Kent. Have you ever heard of Maine, Fort Kent? Not the Maine, Univer- the Maine University of Maine campus. Not the Black Bears. I think that's a play, right? All right, ready. Maine, Fort Kent on three. <laughs> Dixie State is hosting Denver. UVU is at Wyoming and Southern Utah hosts St. Catherine. Those games all streaming. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Hand off goes to Dalvin, and he is loose to the right side. 10-5, touchdown! A 29-yard scamper by Dalvin Cook. Kirk from under center, play action. He's going to shoot one to KJ. Left side, caught! 15, 10, touchdown! Ben to the end zone, and it's dropped! Friar Muth had it, and then he was blasted by a couple of Vikings in town. Minnesota Vikings have beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers on the final play of the game. 36-28, Minnesota. Vikings got up 23-0 at the half, led 29-0 in the third quarter. Then Roethlisberger started airing it out. He ended up throwing for 300 yards and three scores. But... They didn't get that touchdown and two right at the end of the game they needed to get to overtime. So Pittsburgh drops to six and six with a tie. And the Vikings improved to six and seven. Both teams chasing that last wild card berth in their respective conferences. Pittsburgh, the days of the Steel Curtain are long gone, PK. They cannot stop the run. They're one of the worst teams in the league against the run. And Dalvin Cook had a massive game 205 yards and two scores. A friend of mine asked me in the. Uh preseason she's in a big fantasy league with her family who should i take mccaffrey or cook i said well i love mccaffrey but he's always hurt so i would take cook cook should help her win the game that was an awfully big game for dalvin cook all right big games this weekend chiefs leading the afc west are hosting the raiders the two former cougars are going head to head the saints are playing the jets so you get to see you do PK because you have the NFL ticket. And I do. It'll only be uh, on the ticket. Saints and Jets. Taysom Hill will get the start for New Orleans, and the Jets are playing a little better. We'll see what they get out of uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, they got to start working on their defense too. Speaking of not having a good defense, who's 29th against the run out of 32 teams? The, the Jets. Jets. The Jets have their pick and Seattle's pick. 
They do currently. So it's be, it'd be number three and number six, I think. Yeah, so that's an opportunity. To get a couple very good players <laughs> or trade down, pick up an extra pick well, and get even more good players. Yeah, maybe do both. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they really got to cash in. Cowboys have a chance to beat Washington and really pretty much lock up the NFC East if they get a win, so that's a big game right there. The Ravens, similar situation, leading their division, the AFC North. They are playing the Browns. They got a little help there with the Steelers losing, so see if they can pull away in that division. Ravens a game up on the Bengals right now. Bengals are playing the Niners, and the Bills are playing the Bucks. Bills are struggling, man. They got off to a great start, but it is not going well for them coming off that loss to the Patriots, and uh, they have been alternating wins and losses and gone three and four in their last seven. Sunday night football, the Bears and the Packers. See if Aaron Rodgers can continue to own Chicago. Former Bronco wide receiver Demarius Thomas found dead at his home in Roswell, Georgia. He was 33 years old. Initial reports indicate Thomas may have experienced a medical issue that caused his death. A cousin who grew up with him uh, says that uh, she told the ass the family thinks he had a seizure and died. He's only 33 years old, recently retired from the NFL. Yeah. One of the Broncos' all-time great receivers. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Quiet weekend on the college football front. Army and Navy center stage. The Bulls will start next week, but this week, 1 o'clock CBS, 8 and 3 Army, 3 and 8 Navy at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. It has not gone well for Navy the last couple of years, PK. They have fallen a long way. They've always played that in Philadelphia. Uh, they moved it around. They played in Philly a lot, but they have played typically, in Jersey before. Yeah, typically it's in Philly, but this year they're moving it to MetLife. They moved it to Texas and California they, and occasionally. In the years. pandemic year, I think, didn't they move it to Army's home yeah, campus? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, they did, they did yeah. And uh, the latest on Kalani, John Canzano. The favorites are an NFL candidate or a mystery college candidate. That narrows it down. You can't go wrong on that. They're not going to hire a high school coach. I don't think that was an option. And then Wilcox, Kelly, and Sataki. I think, uh, from what I understand, Kalani would prefer to stay. And BYU takes care of their business, which I always thought they would. I always thought they would step up, step up their game. There's a very good chance he stays. But, you know, if Kelly goes, well, then you got the same thing right down the street here with another team. Then UCLA will be out looking for people. But then some other guy last night, him and his 1,500 followers. Oh, man, if it's true what I'm hearing, that's why I'm not doing Twitter anymore. <laughs> because everybody's a wannabe on Twitter. Look what I know. No, I'm not going to do it. I am not playing that game on Twitter ever again. According to numerous reports, Oregon has submitted a request to UCLA to interview Bruins head coach Chip Kelly. The Ducks, intrigued by the idea of bringing the coach back for a second tour. Oh, they're going to get uh, Dobble Sweeney or Urban Meyer. I mean, a mystery NFL or a mystery college? Those are my guys. Nevada's reportedly set to hire Oregon co-defensive coordinator Ken Wilson as the next Wolfpack football coach. He spent 19 years coaching at Nevada. Five years as an assistant head coach, four as a defensive coordinator. Spent the past nine seasons working at Washington State and Oregon. And Chris Alt, who's a 
legendary football coach there in Nevada, says Wilson is the guy. That's the guy he's backing. So, and Chris Holt's your guy. Chris Holt's my guy. Yeah, you love that dude. The NCAA put a stop to the fake slide that Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett used to score a touchdown in the ACC championship game. Referees should interpret a fake slide as a player surrendering himself. They should blow the whistle into play. You have to. If they're so big on safety, you simply cannot allow that play. Because then defenders will be like, oh, he was just faking the slide. That's why I hit him. You just get into a whole gray area. It gets all weird, and some quarterback gets blasted and gets hurt. You can fake spike it, you know, clock it and all Mm -hmm. that. That's fine because you got five 300 pounders in front, in front of, of you. you it's not the same thing right yeah. but you're moving you just you if, if safety is the big issue as it should be you simply cannot do that what is trending is brought to you by shamrock plumbing there's no job too big or too small get the personal touch with shamrock plumbing call them at 801-295-1690 that's shamrock plumbing all right david Locke coming up at nine o'clock we'll talk jazz with joe ingles at 9 30 Next, we are talking football with Lincoln Kennedy, Las Vegas Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He joins us next right here on The Zone. It's official. The Utes are the 2021 Pac-12 champs and are heading to the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. What better way for the Utes to make their inaugural trip to the Rose Bowl than a battle against Ohio State? Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the Utes' historic trip to Pasadena. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Rose Bowl is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome back Lincoln Kennedy, Raider, radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Lincoln, good morning. DJ PK, it's Friday. LK is with you. Everybody okay? Yeah, everybody's good. Dan Day. The snow. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> the snow is falling. I trust you're somewhere warmer. Phoenix. Uh, in, in Phoenix, we don't have any snow. We did get some rain last night. No snow, but yeah. So in Las Vegas, it was all Utes all the time. Did yeah. the ease and and basically the fact that it was the same script just repeated right down to when the Utes scored and how they scored. Did that surprise you? Not at all. Uh, you know what? There have been. You know, I was conflicted, uh, the dog versus duck hatred aside. Um, I, I was conflicted about Oregon. I never thought they were as good as their record. I thought it was very surprising they were able to go back to Columbus earlier this year and beat Ohio State. But I was never always that high on Oregon, um, mainly because the, the, the quarterback play at Brown. I, I think that I was not impressed with him. I thought they had some good, solid pieces. Obviously, Mario, Mario Thibodeau is going to be the, they're probably the first pick in the draft um, if it's not a quarterback. But um, overall, I just was not overly impressed with, uh, with, uh, with Oregon. So with that being said, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised what Utah did to them in, in the early, during the season. And more importantly, as you mentioned, the same game plan. Oregon just could not match the physical nature of the Utes. And, you know, Utah deservedly won the Pac-12. As you look at it now, how much do you think it was a distraction for the Ducks with this Cristobal flirtation with Miami? Because there's just no way, you know, that the talk started after the game and then two days later he's the coach. It's clear that it's been going on for a while and we heard reports that it's been going on back before they even played the first game a few weeks ago. You know, for the 
first time that I since I can remember, there were a lot of high, highly prolific, notable jobs available in the NC2A. You know, for a while, you know, Florida, SC, you know, Notre Dame, you know, all these things were changing over before um, before they happened. So, you know, I wasn't. I was disheartened that you know, the, the the young men heard about it and the, and the fact that the things uh, went the way they did. I don't know if that really reflected in their play. I think they were just outplayed by Utah both times. But it doesn't help when your coach is uh, seeming to be on the outs and and people are wondering whether or not he's going to be coming back, especially for the guys who still had years to play, uh, years of eligibility. So when we see coaches talking during the season, do you just want to move the recruiting day that's moved to December? That seems to have sped up the coaching hires, which speeds up the coaching fires. Are you ready for that to move back to January or February? I would hope that it would. I mean, it would move back because it would be very helpful, especially with all the things, the transactions, guys jumping around. You know, look, I, I've been very critical of the transfer portal. Um, I think it's like a, you know, an amateur set size of free agency type of thing. But coaches have been doing it all along, and, and if coaches have the right to jump ship and go to other places, students should too. I don't necessarily agree with the transfer portal on, on other other issues, but when it comes to recruiting and when it comes to scholarships, it makes it really tough if a coach doesn't get in there early enough or make the decision like they had to early enough to be a part of recruiting and to be able to take it over and do a good job with it. From the NFL perspective, how good do you think Devin Lloyd is going to be as a linebacker? Because obviously he's been awesome at the college level. I love Devin Lloyd. I've said it in every broadcast that I've had a chance to do Utah. I love Devin Lloyd. He's a linebacker who's always around the football. We'll call I call a ball hawk. And more importantly, he's just had a tremendous career. He's a high-impact player. I think he's going to be great on the next level. Davion Thomas really came on for the Utes. Should he go yeah. to the NFL now? Because running backs, man, they don't have very long careers. Why spend one more year in college? Or he didn't even play a full season for the Utes. He does need another year in school. I think he needs another year. I think he needs another year to showcase his talents and really show what he can do, especially at all now, coming out of the backfield, catching the football, stuff like that. Um, but at the same point, you know, it's hard to determine whether or not he feels comfortable enough that he's going to get enough playing time. So, you know, you can take, you can strike while the griddle's hot. I just don't know where, how far he's going to go. He might end up being, you know, either a late draft choice or, uh, or, or a free agent. How about offensive linemen, you know, because obviously they're getting hit on every single play. A kid like Nick Ford, for the, if he wants to come back, so be it. But I, I really don't see any reason. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's done everything he can. He should just go ahead and move on to the next level. But, look, there, there are a lot of schools that have what we call super seniors now, guys that are staying in to try to up their draft status. They have, they have the information or the wherewithal out there, the ability to check to see where your possible draft status we might get. I implore all the kids who are thinking about the next level and they still have some, some, uh, some eligibility left in college to, to take the full advantage of that. Get that assessment, see where you are, and don't rush it. The NFL is not going to go anywhere. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be there, I promise. Lincoln Kennedy joining us. He is both a Pac-12 network analyst and a radio, Raider radio analyst. Uh, as you watch all the coaching moves uh, shake out and as you advise people, would you advise Chip Kelly and uh, Wilcox to go to Oregon? <laughs> um I don't, I, I don't think Cal or UCLA are bad jobs. I really don't. Um, I know Oregon has a ton of money with being known as Nike U, um, and they've done a great job of recruiting, and NIL is high. Um, but if, if I'm at the other places, I don't see it. It's almost like a sideways move to me. Because if, if Chip Kelly could put UCLA on the map, I mean, with football, 
he would be highly regarded, especially with the competing with Lincoln Riley right there, you know, across town. And as for Justin Wilcox, I mean, you know, Cal's a, a great institution, a great university, uh, and and they've been coming up, you know, getting some good recruits lately. They're they're they seem to be on the rise. They just keep stubbing their toe uh, once they get away from Chase Garbers and try to find something else. But uh, that quarterback. But for my my mind, it's it's not it's not a step up. It's like almost like a sideways move. And why? Saturday morning, or Saturday, Sunday morning, I was thinking college, Sunday morning <laughs> in uh, Kansas City, Raiders and Chiefs. Chiefs put it on them pretty good, yeah. what, three, four games ago. Uh, Raiders, uh, bad loss to Washington. Offense couldn't get going much. i got to admit, I'm not expecting much here. You and me both. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been very critical of the Raiders this past week. The thing is, is that, you know, in the past they've hurt themselves with stupid penalties, and, 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 and but the more important thing – throughout this season, the reason why they're 500 is they've been terribly inconsistent. And I don't know how you change that. I don't know what you do. You know, I was hoping, I was thinking that after the Cowboy game, as aggressive as the, the offense came out and played, that they were going to be able to just trounce all over the Washington football team, especially with the injuries they had in the secondary. didn't seem that way. It didn't, I mean, it wasn't that way, obviously. They played down to the level of competition. And now they put themselves, back themselves in a corner. They've got to win out if they have any aspirations of going to playoffs because all their opponents from here on out are AFC opponents as well as divisional opponents. And so I just don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I, I haven't seen enough out of this team to say that they can go in Kansas well, confidently say they can go in Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Now, I think they have the ability, but, again, inconsistencies have run rapid with this team all season long. You know, we say it's a quarterback-driven league, and, and it is. You really have a huge advantage when you have a good quarterback. But the Steelers' Thursday night game and some of their problems the last couple of weeks uh, has really kind of shined a light on you still have to be able to stop the run. I mean, the basics still matter. And you look at the bottom quarter of the league in rushing defense, you have teams that are really bad, the Texans, the Jets, the Lions, the Giants. And then you got a group of teams there that are just trying to get to the playoffs and kind of in the wild card race, but not quite. Raiders, Vikings, Steelers, and Chargers. If any of them could shore up the run defense, I know we judge their quarterbacks and judge them harshly, but if any of them shored up their run defense, would that make the difference? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think it could. But, again, you could still have to have competent quarterback play because you have to put points on the board. I think there have been many teams that have been complacent and content with just kicking field goals, and that's not going to be a lot of teams in these leagues. The offenses are so prolific that you've got to be able to score touchdowns. So not only do you have to stop the run in a sense where Pittsburgh couldn't do that last night. I mean, Davin Cook ran all over them. But more importantly, well, their offense has got to be able to score. And Pittsburgh's offense seemed really inept last night because they couldn't even pick up simple blitzes. They had offensive linemen, you know, going down on linebackers on space and letting defensive linemen go to get sacked, uh, Ben uh, get sacked. So that's just poor offensive line play. They were they were completely blown out, and they they came back and made it interesting. They were completely blown out long before the the, the game was over. But more importantly, they they seemed unable to handle the pressure. They played a big game on Sunday and then come back and play Thursday. They seemed they seemed out of it for a while. The Raiders, too, you know, you talk about uh, divisional or conference opponents. I don't think any of them have a losing record. I think the Broncos might be the worst at 6-6 six and six, uh, going forward. So they've got qu- at least decent teams anyway. I mean, not necessarily great if you're 6-6. Six and six. Uh, So if they don't make the playoff, uh, or maybe even if they do, if they barely get in, where do you think they go as far as coaching? 
That's a that's a big question. I like Rich Versace. I think he needs to work on his clock management, but he's a he's a, a rookie head coach, so that that's going to happen every now and then. I like Rich Versace. I like his coaching staff. I think they need to tweak at quarterback, and I think they need to tweak at offensive coordinator. Uh, maybe go out and get somebody. However, there's not a whole lot of options. Derek Carr to me, has been inconsistent for eight years. And, and there, you've seen flashes. Even the time that in 2016, before he broke his ankle, he was probably in the conversation for MVP. I know what a lot of people have said about the numbers that he's had. I just don't know if he, he gets you to the next level. I don't know if he's a Patrick Mahomes, or and, and there aren't a whole lot of quarterbacks out there. So I, I think you might have to tweak that. As offensive philosophy goes, there's some things that need to be tweaked. I, and, and I don't know if bringing in a new offensive coordinator is, uh, or offensive co- mighty coach is going to change that because they've got some good pieces. They just need to use uh, better know how to use them. It stuns me when I hear coaches have problems with clock management. I mean, it's just arithmetic. It's addition and subtraction. And with so many employees in, the, in, in Major League Baseball that have like a bench coach to sit there and make sure that a young manager, or sometimes even an experienced manager, just has someone else to run them by, make sure I'm not missing anything obvious. How come there isn't one more person on headsets helping coaches with simple math? There's, there's a gazillion dollars at stake here. I wish, I wish there were. And then there was a classic case this past week against the Washington football team. We're coming up again up on, on a two-minute uh, warning in the first half. The Raiders made a stop of Washington, forced second and long. And rather than call a timeout, and Basachi had all three of his timeouts, rather than call a timeout and take advantage of stopping the clock to give your offense a little bit more time, he let it run down the two-minute warning. Lost about 35 seconds. Uh, and, and Washington, that was their, 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 their key. That's what they want to do. They want to control the time possession. They want to run the football. And they did it. So I thought it was bad judgment on Basachi's area. Uh, on, on, and, and so there's things like that that happen throughout games that I see amongst amateur coaches or rookie coaches that have to be, you know, pay attention to. But, you know, it's one of those mistakes that could be costly, and it was. So, Lincoln, are the Bills done? We've watched them struggle, and I had high hopes for them. You looking somewhere else in the AFC now? I don't think they're done. I still think they're a good football team. They just need to find a way to rebound. That was an embarrassing loss to the Patriots. Yeah. All right, well, LK, we appreciate a few minutes to talk football. Thanks a lot, and we will uh, talk to you again in a week. All right, guys, have a good one. I'll see you soon. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst, and like everybody else, he's on board with Devin Lloyd. Yeah, what a stud, man. My gosh. Making so many big plays. You don't have to have the uh, the really fine-tuned eye for it to know that guy's better than everybody else. Yeah, I was re-watching that game the other night, uh, you know, one from last week, and that interception, well, first of all, Brown threw it right to him. Uh, How did he not see him? <laughs> Yeah, he's a big man, but just his ability to move and he's physical. I mean, I'm not a football NFL talent evaluator, but he just screams he ch- prototypical linebacker, man. In today's game, to be able to rush, play the run, drop back, and and move, you know, he can. He, you know, they talk about a five-tool player in baseball. It seemed like whatever tool you number for linebacking crew, whatever that might be, he's got it. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More on the Jazz big win coming up. David Locke is going to join us at 9.05, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and Joe Ingles will be here at 9.30 on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State 
in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's that's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Davis Vision, got a sale going right now. It's the fifth annual Black Friday sale, extended through December. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save $1,400. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. First Saturday since September without local college football, it is here. Boo-hoo-hoo. How will you survive? I won't. (laughs) You will, too. You'll be here on Monday. You don't know that. I didn't make it. I don't even know if I'll be alive on Sunday. 49ers draft. <laughs> Classics never grow old. In case you were wondering what he was talking about there. He decides, not me. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Robert says, well, I'm going to see if the family's changed in the last few months and find out what's new with them. Somebody's locked down on college football. Quadruple headers have no idea what's going on at home. It's funny because I already told my wife... We're talking about uh, going out of town next, not this weekend, but next weekend. I said, no, I can't go till Sunday. Uh, what? Got a BYU-Utah State uh, bowl doubleheader. Yes, exactly. So I said, well, I got, I got BYU and Utah, or Utah State, one, uh, 1.30, 5.30. Basketball? No. <laughs> no, we could go anywhere on that. It's December. Uh, I said, no, 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 these are bowl games. Oh, sweet. We got back-to-back bowl games? I said, yeah. She goes, that'll be really fun. I said, yes, it will. Looking forward to plopping my butt on the couch for, uh, what's that, going to be six, seven hours or so, maybe even longer, and uh, just watching both of those games start to finish. Absolutely, man. Uh, but this week, yeah, it, it's funny because you get, at, at least in our community, probably especially in our community, and we're not unique in that way, but it is in our community, there's such an adrenaline surge uh, for me anyway, probably for you guys too, when college football starts. And it begins with media day when we go down uh, to uh, Hollywood, somewhere down there, wherever we might go. It's usually that's where we've been in the Hollywood area of late. And Pac-12 media day, just that, one of my favorite days. It's like Christmas morning for me. And then in the following summer, I'm hoping that we get to go to wherever they have it in Dallas, I think, uh, for Big 12, Big 12. Because that'll be a lot of fun. And that, that really, really gets it going and then when it starts, man, it's just on, and we love it so much. And it's like uh, it, it's a, a, a come down, you know. I don't want to compare it to like a, you're on a, some type of uh, narcotic high, but that's what they, I've never been on that, so I don't know what that's like. But they say that the, the come down, and I, and that's a serious issue. That's addiction and all that stuff. But there is a sense of what would be incompleteness this Saturday, as opposed to the last twelve, thirteen Saturdays. Well, we had a lot of years, not every year, was the BYU-Utah basketball game on this day. So it, it gave it something. But there's, there's certainly a sense of incomplete. Like there's yeah, been something saying, there, and then it's missing. Yeah. And then we'll get it on the 18th with that, those two games. And Christmas Day takes care of that Saturday. And the next Saturday will be New Year's Day and be the Rose Bowl. So we'll be in good shape. Right. 
But this Saturday, it's a little slow. I've always been a little surprised the NFL doesn't have games on this Saturday. I think they used to, didn't they? They have them late in the season, and we will see some Saturday games coming up later in the year, but they will not have them this week. And, you know, okay, don't go head-to-head with Army-Navy, but a game on the NFL Network or whatever Saturday night doesn't seem like the worst idea. And it's a chance to make a little more money. I'm surprised the NFL hasn't done it. No, I'll watch some, if not all, the Army-Navy game. I feel like it's a patriotic duty. I enjoy these, all these tremendous freedoms, and I didn't do anything for them. I was just born into it. Didn't do a thing. I inherited did a, it. Did you have any family members who were in the Army or Navy that— I mean, whenever I see that game, I think of my dad because he was in the Navy, and my my brother was in the Navy, and they all root for it. In the Navy! <laughs> don't say the village people. <laughs> well, you said it twice. It's funny. I don't have any ties to Army, but I've got three or four to the Navy. I've got it to the military because Uncle, they protect me. I don't need any personal ones. I'm, I'm the opposite of DJ. Mine's are all with, mine is all with the Army. All in in the, the Army! <laughs> Thank you. I told you my my mother's brother was lost at sea, man. I do remember that. That was a crazy story. Yeah, for several days. I posted his obituary on Twitter. It's still there. Yeah. My Uncle Sonny. How, how old did he live? 99. 99. You got some longevity in your family. Well, yeah. The only reasons, the only ways uh, Italians die are old age or they get whacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perpetuating stereotypes. <laughs> Jersey, North Jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and my mother came from uh, 11 kids, and my Uncle Sonny was not the oldest to, to die. So what's the oldest relative you got? My, my mother's oldest sister and my Aunt Maisie, uh, 100. Wow, nice. Yeah. So we had four daughters in the Ciamello family, uh, Maisie, Marie, Ida, and she's the one to blame for me, and, and Rose. And the other three are gone. So Maisie was 100. Marie was a nun for all of her, all my life. And uh, she was like 86. My mother was my other mother actually died the youngest, eighty two. And then That's the youngest. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then my Aunt Rose is still going strong at like ninety four. And my sister moved out to Maricopa, which is way, way southwest. And uh, basically the, it became a community because they put up Indian on the Indian land casinos. And it's a big community now. It used to be absolutely nothing. It was the first high school game I ever covered at the Casa Grande Dispatch. <laughs> and they sent you to Maricopa. Which was like 20 minutes away. Yeah, just Phoenix right. has sprawled within 20 minutes of Casa Grande now, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I knew they was growing, growing closer. That's this, how the West sprawls. That's how that's I what had we're that, doing in Utah. I had that reunion with the Casa Grande Dispatch dude when I went to Tucson huh. a month ago. Because you were in Maricopa you, already? And you just, well, you, to get, they don't send you out to I. Uh, 10, they send you through Casa Grande and you hit it south of Casa okay. Grande. Since I was there, I stopped and then the guy who hired me <laughs> was still there. He's that was a cool there. photo. PK yeah. texted me that. I was a little surprised you didn't tweet that out. You've made Casa Grande part of the show. I, I did uh, tweet uh, me standing in front with the Casa Grande dispatch. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. But that same editor is a family owned. He, in 1984, 
when he hired me right out of school. Um, he was still there in the same office, the newsroom exactly the same. He's 72 years old now. And we had a, like an hour reunion. It was so cool. I mean, I hadn't seen him in all that time. And he was still right there. It's like nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy who hired me for my first full-time job in Santa Barbara, uh, it's changed a little bit. He's doing TV in town. Oh. He still does some radio. But I follow him on social media. Yeah. Keeps me up to date on Santa Donovan Barbara. Kramer is his name. And so he was there. And we, ch- we chatted. I said, hey, thanks for hiring me, man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my sister sees my Aunt Rose mm-hmm. at the casinos. That's where they hook up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. A lot of steps from the car into the casino. Get your steps in. Yeah. She, my Aunt Rose either drives herself or they have a public transportation. But she, she still is in her 90s, still driving. So, yeah, the Italian portion of the side, uh, serious longevity. And so my, my Uncle Sonny was in the Navy. And all of her... Uh, so she had six brothers, and they were all in the Navy, every, every last one of them. So I feel like I have to watch that game. I mean, I want to watch it. I mean, I haven't done a thing, not a thing, for this, all this tremendous freedom that I have. I didn't, I didn't even register for the draft. I didn't have to register for the draft. You nothing. didn't? No, nothing. I did. No, oh, nothing. Man. My I, grandmother, who never had anything to say about stuff like that, just like lit into me like six months before the birthday where I had to register. Oh. And when you turn, you're going to register for the draft. No, I missed it. <laughs> like, they set the date, but I was two weeks. Uh, I caught it uh, two weeks before you had to. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So, yeah, I didn't even do that. But uh, I'll watch that game. That'll be – I always feel like I, I should. I mean, it's about – because every time I went to the the uh, the um, Air Force Academy, you always felt like you were on some form of hallowed ground. I don't know if sacred's the word, but you felt like you were on hallowed ground for what these young folks would do. And I admire them to the greatest extent. So I'll watch that, but I'm going to miss the fact that we don't have local college football because it's such a massive part of all of our lives. Not only, it would probably be a massive part if I was a teacher. And that's, you know, I talked about how I got the degree from Grand Canyon. That's what I got it in. So it was either going to do this or be a teacher and coach ball, which I would have been fine. And as the way it, it turned out, I am this ultimate mega superstar media guy. I mean, that's just, you know, no one can argue with that. I mean, I'm top of the world. I mean, you get all the awards, but let's call it like it is. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UOP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text hair to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. More on the jazz, the win in Philadelphia. We will do that next. Stay with us.